0: Welcome to Across the Pond, Marketing Transformed, a podcast that explores ways to transform your business and marketing strategy, whether you're a rising star, entrepreneur, or experienced professional. A show packed with stories to inspire success and build a growth mindset for you and your company. Featuring global brand CMOs, transformation experts, and business founders, your co-hosts, Chris Lawson in London, UK and Samuel Money across the pond in Philadelphia, USA. Welcome to episode
1: 29 of Across the Pond Marketing Transformed. My name's Chris Lawson in London, UK, and I'm joined by Samuel Money on the East Coast of the USA in Philadelphia. Say hello, Sam. Hey Chris, how are you? Yeah, I'm doing all right. Um keeping spirits up, adjusting to the new normal, that sort of thing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think we're all adjusting to this new normal right now and trying to balance being sensitive and um, relevant, but also not to be too down and dreary at this time. I think our show is definitely one that looks on the growth mindset and the upside. So hoping we're sticking to that formula.
1: Yeah, very much so. And uh, to crack on with that, um, I mean, look, this this podcast sees us in the second phase of a uh, coronavirus um, outbreak. We've moved from that identification phase where people are getting their heads around it to absolute realisation of the implications and, and lockdown. And it's totally affected everything we do and affected all those around us. And there are some desperately sad stories out there worldwide. But it's also absolutely reassuring to see that humanity uh, has that ability to bounce back and get creative in times of a crisis. We put that selfish gene to one side that we all have and and react in the most innovative ways. Uh, Over here, Sam, you probably heard we had a mass applause for the NHS as a consortium of competitors working together to create ventilators. And we'll talk a bit more about that. And, And it's great to see industry reacting um, and refreshing to see how they do that and of course some businesses have had to change their business model because they have had to and others have changed what they do because it's the right thing to do and it's fascinating to explore that um we'll look at that and the lessons we can learn around being authentic as marketing transforms once more so uh Lots to be said. And and it's also heartening to see some of the brands that we associate with have a strong purpose or strong force for good, step into the breach. And, and Sam, I know in episode six, you were talking about a charity, uh, a focus on that simple message of washing your hands. Uh, wise words indeed, I think.
0: Yes, it was the brand Lifebuoy, which had really made that hand washing and saving lives its purpose and its mission. And And its product is obviously a soap bar, which then is completely relevant to that area. I think now ever more relevant. And they're living into their brand. And I've seen some reporting from, um, you know, my native country of Ghana, where they're driving support behind their handwashing stations in in countries such as Ghana and, and developing nations and clearly there's a real need in the US and other countries right now so hoping other US brands step on board to support their communities and and um, and support with their prop you know the brand proposition in the marketplace
1: yeah absolutely and I'm also personally glad to see some of the companies and brands that we, we sort of generally give a hard time to due to their size being seen as part of establishment or some of their past practices. Doing the right thing and sometimes surprising us with their creativity. You know, supermarkets often fall into that category, as does Facebook, and both have come out well. I think um, in terms of uh, well documented, in terms of what they're doing, and we're also seeing some faceless brands in the digital age show their very human face. Um, Slack and Zoom came um, come to mind. Slack CEO CEO came out explaining how they were just dealing with life day by day and you know, just growing with it and zoom i read actually a stock is worth more than the whole of the airline industry at the moment in the us which is just crazy
0: yeah there's data out there showing that the adoption curve for remote working tools like you mentioned and those practices such as video conferencing this transformed behaviors that will last through i think the mid and the long term so they're going to stick around for quite a while mm. and there's just so much data being generated right now on human behavior and how that's shifted and it's really impacting what we're buying what we're using and what we're consuming right now i think for obvious reasons sales of hand sanitizer are up by over 650% compared to a year earlier no surprise there we're doing a, buying a lot of other things. But one nice stat I saw is that we're even picking up the phone more and actually talking to people more. So this year in the US, Mother's Day saw a 30% rise in actual phone calls versus prior year. So it's great to see that human behavior paying out. And even on a lighter note, I saw some data that sales of tops have gone up um, in Walmart. So it seems like people are being professional from the waist up when it comes to video conferencing and, you know, shirt and tie or whatever up, upstairs and the, <laughs> I love the, that. the, the baggy pants and the, and the tracksuit and the slippers on downstairs, <laughs> which is very human. So yeah, I think some things, some things will yeah. never change. Well, if that exactly not just, yeah, not just underpants, Chris, like you do. <laughs> um, a- as we spend more of our time consuming the content and media across platforms, um, Whilst we're in the midst of this toilet paper shortage, shortage and the people hoarding them, it's not lost on people in the US. The irony of they've actually we've actually seen TV ads from toilet paper brand Charmin, um, which is one of the strong brands out there. And I, I think the explanation that from a marketing side is they're probably in a use it or lose it situation. No, not the toilet paper. It's actually their media. So they've hmm. got money in their advertising spend. If they don't spend it this year, it will won't be there next year it's kind of in their base number they'll have a smaller baseline next year so there is a marketing reason although it can come across a bit as a bit insensitive and i'm starting with advertising because at times like this we actually have heightened sensitivity to brands and the messages and the tone that these brands are taking and if you can think about it, a lot of the content what we're seeing is was produced pre the coronavirus and probably these ads were self-serving and right now perhaps won't land so well so brands are making that change and there's, there's a great Fast Company article, if you go check it out, because it talks about some of the things that the brands are changing. And there's a shift towards a here we're here for you ad, which is a feel-good ad. And in the current climate, though, it can perhaps come across as a bit insincere, maybe a bit fake, because it's trying to dial up the emotional aspects and manipulating people through easy gestures, but not actually doing something real. So brands mm. really have to be responsive and responsible. And you can't really do that if you've lined up your creative months in advance, And so unfortunately the ad industry is now wrestling with what they're calling pandemic advertising. Um, And I'm not necessarily a fan of that term, but it's out there. I think uh, brands that are doing a good job really are, communicating, we thought you should know something. I think Budweiser in the US has done a great example where they're showing frontline healthcare workers and and sports that have been shut down. But they're actually saying, look, we're going to divert our budgets to crisis aid efforts instead of investing in these sports. So that's a good message. And then the key other thing is really, you've got to do what you say and say what you do. And companies' actions now really do matter more than ever. And I think this is where some of them are getting caught out, and I've talked about Airbnb before. And in the US, they said, "Hey, everyone can cancel their their bookings," which is all fine and well. But then the the you know the the vendors out there were saying, "Hang on a minute, how are we going to pay for all this?" So they've quickly turned around and stepped up to provide two hundred fifty million dollars towards the hosts, following a flood of cancellations that yeah, they well, basically good. said that people should do.
1: So, a few things that we've covered in recent episodes, Sam just reflecting on that as well you've got purpose um the power of that um the need to be able to pivot in order to turn around. We did that in episode twenty four um the the importance of storytelling i mean again, you just covered it there there's some great stories there and uh, and and also that you're only as good as that collective identity of your employees in the community and we talked about the importance of super fans uh, back Mm -hmm. on episode 22 so so it's absolutely fascinating to see that a number of things that we talked about start coming together as as they all do and there's many examples of pivots both good and bad but there's also some examples where businesses have had to out of necessity of or ingeniously look to their product offering um one which i think is is pretty fun and just interesting to think about just as a concept is obviously the dating industry at the moment i mean clearly anyone uh dating is is having to take a very very different approach and they were pretty tough already um those first dates but now imagine that you've got to do it via um um, video chat and uh bumble was sort of rebranded talking them as virtual icebreakers and Tinder has made its paid passport feature free for everyone. So it lets you to swipe around the world to find new connections when suddenly um, meeting someone up in the next block doesn't seem so important. So so some, uh, some nice innovative approaches in terms of like, keeping business going as well, I think. there.
0: Yeah, Chris, as you talk about dating there, you think about it just into the broader world of work. Business as usual is being disrupted due to this pandemic that's truly a transformative time. We'll arrive at a new normal in the future. And I'm a huge, I think we're both huge advocates for the positive change that comes from this. I think one of the ones which is um, showing its, its colors now really, really in front of mind is the workers who are now actually deemed essential Uh, and that's perhaps changed from what what we used to think. And they've probably got more leverage now to make their case and let their demands be heard. It's amazing to think that these frontline retail workers don't, in the US especially, don't have the rights that many of us take for granted in terms of working conditions or additional time off or paid sick leave or higher wages. There's also a shift in balance of power when it comes to the gig work industry as well and brands that we've claimed and have talked about being innovative by outsourcing their execution delivery and some of the costs to workers think of the ubers and the lifts and the instacarts of these worlds now they've treated their their, the workers as independent contractors not employees but with with benefits but is that going to last they're going to have to pivot going forward i think in the last few days instacart workers have actually gone on strike in the US because they they've got safety concerns over the coronavirus they wanting they wanting hazard pay and safety gear like just simple things like hand sanitizer and and paid sick leave which kind of makes sense so the real system the real issue is the system kind of incentivized people to work when sick which in the current environment that's clearly untenable the phrase when we get sick you get sick kind of haunts me from 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 those types of workers because we as, as consumers need to be part of the solution and really need to champion, I think, their rights as well. So it's creating a huge debate on working conditions and and whether these companies will shift their policies and, and revenue structures and to support it or not. So we'll keep an eye on this in the future episodes because there's sure to be changes coming forward. And um, I'm not sure, when things will actually go back to the new normal. But as we're thinking about the the growth in demand for supermarkets and then the layoffs in some of these other retailers and department stores, what if there was a way to link those workers to the opportunity and actually provide, is it a platform or a website or a process to make it easy to find a job when you've been let go from another industry? Uh, I'm sure there's some innovators and entrepreneurs out there working on it, but that'd be a great thing to see in the in the current climate. Yeah, definitely. It really would actually, and and you know, it's
1: fascinating. In in London, they're they're building one of the largest field hospitals at the Excel Centre. There's about three of those in the UK, um, taking and may taking large numbers of the airline industry. Um, that have CPR training and, and mm-hmm. are volunteering and fast tracking their training to help support the hospital staff in those hospitals. The the AA, that's the Automobile Association in the UK, is providing mm-hmm. volunteers to support the ambulance service and maintenance, trying right. to double the amount of pe- um, cars and vans and ambulances that they have on the road. So there's a lot of industry supporting other industries, which is really reassuring to see, I think.
0: Yeah, that's great to hear, Chris. So let's keep going. Let's lift the mood and inject some of this growth mindset we've been talking about. Let's learn from some of the successes. Let's talk about some of the good things we've seen in the past few weeks. It kind of shows the transformations, the innovation, and the impact happening out there. And so as I've asked you, I've got one ready. So I'll let you think as I as I share my first. I'll go first and I'll say, look, one of the great examples I'm proud to talk about is uh, an organization that's really close to my heart. I'm on the I'm a board member at a place called The Cathedral. Kitchen, which is a non-profit in Camden, New Jersey, in the US, that basically uses food to save lives. It serves over 100,000 meals a year, predominantly to undernourished or underserved guests in the community of different ages, ethnicities, etc. And right now, those folks need help more than ever. And that Cathedral Kitchen has had to pivot and redesign the way it serves its customers and used to leverage a lot of volunteer staff to help do that but now it's takeout only obviously with the current environment we can't have that people sitting down and and that contact and operationally they split into two teams two two teams to basically provide the the food to mitigate and minimize the risk of of those teams getting the coronavirus so there's one shift and there's a C shift and a K shift who basically work Um, independently of the other team, and that's leading to an increased operating cost. But what was the alternative? Not doing that and closing, uh, leading to hunger in the community. That was completely untenable. So a shout out to visit cathedralkitchen.org. Please go check them out um, and support their work and efforts with whatever you can, or find a similar organization in your neighborhood who's doing good.
1: Yeah, no, great, great call there, Sam, and and plenty of organisations doing similar things, which is really reassuring to to see. And then, you know, you you look at some of the, the establishments is is uh, important to see a lot of the engineering companies, Ford repurposing auto making. Infrastructure to produce ventilators and and face shields, um, many many other different consortiums doing a similar thing. But but I thought one really good juxtaposition, which I like, which was Burberry, which is swapping production of thousand pound trench coats uh, to surgical mm-hmm. gowns, um, and many other sort of luxury manufacturers are also sort of shifting production from perfume to hand sanitizer. That was LVMH. Um, and and lots of big U.S. companies are beginning to produce medical supply. The luxury uh, sector seems to have really stepped up to it there.
0: Yeah, that's, that's great. And uh, just building on uh, one of the examples you, said, you shared about ventilators, Virgin Orbit, um, Richard Branson's rocket company, I think, said it's going to produce ventilators. And there's a ventilator challenge in the U.K. I think 14 British manufacturers, including Rolls-Royce, are making two different ventilator models, I think Project Oyster and Project Penguin. So it's great to see that collaboration happening.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and and one, I mean, there's many we could talk about, and all doing brilliant work. But one I thought just really summed up what we're talking about here um, was using a scuba diving snorkels sort of uh, two researchers uh, over in Italy. But I've, I've seen actually a number of different cases, different places now um, have created a sort of 3D design to change a snorkel mask into a sort of a, a ventilator mask that 3D design has now been put online, um, obviously producing parts by a 3D printer, um, been downloaded over a million times. Uh, people wow. in Brazil um, making those successful adapters for the small snorkel mask. So so absolutely, I think is a, is a great example of, of innovation and creativity.
0: Yeah, the, the, that's absolutely, we're seeing all that creativity and there's these organizations and these individuals diverting resources and effort to these medical innovations to to be to be developed and whether it's developed or developing nations working on imagine the medical equipment solutions that may disrupt the industry incumbents but we're seeing all these people come together ability to work and partner across its sectors and industries how do we keep that momentum and goodwill going this this is purpose and value-driven work and i'm thinking for a lot of those people would they even want to go back to what they were doing Hmm. before when they can do so much good and have so much impact in in the world and we talk a lot about leadership and mindset here. And I think one of the best examples I can think of is the Marriott CEO, Arnes Sorensen. He has a five minute video that came out recently, a message to employees. And he's basically explaining a 90% drop in their income. And you're watching this video and it takes your breath away because this is some bad news that he's sharing. But his team are actually concerned about him doing. The video because his appearance would alarm people. And the first thing he did was address it by saying, Look, let me just say my new look was exactly what was expected as a result of my medical treatment. And you ask why? Because he's actually looks different and he's lost his hair because he's currently battling cancer and he's receiving treatment. And he's there in this video telling the story of how he's going to lead this company. And he's determined to share the tough news of salaries being cut by 50%, employees being furloughed. I mean, it's emotional, it's blunt, yet it's somehow inspirational. I want to keep that in this section, because in terms of bringing people with you, I don't think I've seen a better example in my career.
1: That's that's a great story. I will check that out. I haven't yet, but absolutely does sound very good. Now, one in the UK, which is, uh, you know, the high street in the UK is much debate from some sort of marketing and business terms. But but Nationwide Bank opening an hour early just for pensioners over the age of 70s. Many of these type initiatives happening. Some branches reportedly giving away face masks, hand sanitizer, disinfectant. There's spontaneous acts of generosity all over the high street like that. Um, And we we have to work hard to make sure that the high street is still around after this crisis because it's going to be severely affected. And actually, we've seen some of the greatest community efforts happening within the high street.
0: Yeah, that's that's a great point. And as you think about high street and communities coming together, there's also examples of organizational cultures coming together. I think the example of the right culture enabling solutions, I mentioned in episode 26, I talked about Dan Price and gravity payments where he raised all the salaries to $70,000. Well, imagine the current climate, the revenue of the company is halved. And his action was to say, Let, let's get, let's all collectively think about how we could solve, how we can move forward. And essentially all the company was able to contribute to ideas and then they were sourced from everywhere in the organization and the solution, the idea which came to the top was actually voluntary pay cuts. So this came from everyone pulling together. Okay. We think we should do voluntary pay cuts, but here's the magic. Um, the gravity payments was able to avoid laying off 40 workers but the, the special part of the story is that the culture meant that some as it was voluntary some people gave up their entire salaries because they could afford to do so for a period of time and others took a smaller pay cut and the beauty was it was done anonymously so there was no peer pressure about how much you should or shouldn't do and people basically did what they could shoulder what, what they felt they could do and collectively they're able to move forward as a company that for me is just an example of culture and leadership in action yeah yeah brilliant
1: i mean look there's entrepreneurs who pivot fast in a crisis and create a culture and and there's also some that miss a point i mean uh two examples of that one building one you've got Um, johnny white who i talked about in um, scaling up only a few weeks ago uh, runs a website called Ticket Tailor. We talked about it flying mm-hmm. high now. Um, then, obviously, you only have to understand the name of a company and and think what's happened to the events industry, being one of the hardest hit over the last few weeks. So you can imagine um, how that is from an economic perspective now. But. Um, what what has been the response? The response has been to ensure that anyone setting up an online event um, doesn't pay any fees, um, which mm. is which is pretty much the only revenues that are available in the events industry at the moment. And and I applaud them for putting purpose before profits. Um, the second area, er- a point there was that you know he's made it clear that. Um, he's looking at long term and making sure that employees feel secure during that process and they're bought into it as well. Um, so a great example. Two of the most successful businessmen in the UK, love them or loathe them, um, is the boss of the Weatherspoons, John Hudson, and Mike Ashley at SportsDirect.com. I now, I think sort of looking after a, a large part of the high street as well, and and no strangers to controversy, both of them, but both have come under fire from pretty much all quarters to their approach to their staff during this crisis. Sports Direct was mm. almost forced to close by the government over a debate as to what was essential when they were threatening to throw out the, um, the closure of, of the high street. And a generally happy workforce at Spoon and an unsung hero of a brand, which has got a lot of popularity, especially amongst of students, younger demographics... Had has lost a plot in terms of uh, allegedly being told that um, whether a spoon staff were they would not receive any money and to get a job in Tesco's if they weren't happy, but they, they Tesco being now, the re- they, retailer, right? Chris? Yes. So Tesco's is a retailer, grocery retailer, yeah. Um, but both now have U turned, and I've got to say, Mike Ashley has have posted a very magnanimous open apology, um, saying that he underestimated the crisis. Uh, he wholeheartedly apologises, it's um, knowing what he knows now, and putting all of a fleet of the lorries at the disposal of all key workers. A good turnaround, but uh, but certainly a, a lesson there, I think, in terms of um, how you manage communication during a crisis. Absolutely. I think that even the approach we've taken, though, just looking and critiquing the brand's um, and how we sort of critically appraise brands. I, I think that will become part of our culture from now on. We'll look at the brands, the work they do, and how they treat their employees. Um, I think that's a that's a fascinating uh, yeah. um, point, to be fair, that actually life won't be the same after the, um, the coronavirus. Right. It, it definitely will change. There's a site that I was un- unaware of um, but I think it's worth sort of calling out sam it's it's uh it's just a, a guy who's, who's set this up he's called lewiscotter.com. dot com um we'll put it on the the blog so people can see that but basically he's got a review of brands and how they're dealing with employee relations and public relations during the crisis and uh very much of should you buy their brands after a crisis with a nope mixed or or good effort and and, and Mm. it's definitely well worth a read and and I think one challenge I do see though Sam is that is about verifying information you can certainly see how after this we may well choose brands based more on purpose and Mm. use directories like the ones that I've just outlined to make those choices but what if the info is wrong or what if companies seek to right the wrongs like the, the example I just gave um, let's be clear this has been an unprecedented time and therefore it's difficult to judge a mood and often your response at a certain point is stuck in social media for everyone to pull up um so it's so a real challenge i think
0: yeah it's a, a great point chris we've we've talked a lot about the growth of purpose and not so long ago and if brands aren't weren't ready then they really need to get ready now hopefully this is a permanent shift in the value and the metrics and the the customer-led outside in feedback onto their business decisions but as we we've also said before that before thinking about the purpose outside you probably got to work on your own personal purpose and a friend of mine amir ganard and he's a culture transformation and a leader practice leadership practitioner at the ganard group you can check them out granardgroup.com And he shared some great perspective during a webinar I attended in the past few days. And he says that we can all be philanthropists. Don't just give to get back. Simply right now, just ask yourself, who needs something that I can provide? That, that. Absolutely rings true, um
1: you know close to home, Sam, yeah, you know, my family is pretty medical, my sister is a respiratory consultant, and my brother in law is a professor of medicine and deals with cardiology and and I'm immensely proud of the job they are doing and all of the n h s and care workers and and quite honestly, I feel pretty useless, stuck in quarantine as they struggle to man- manage their lives um help support my niece and nephew and their work and my work feels pretty insignificant in comparison and and i think that's a common feeling right now of helplessness and it can be overpowering we and we have to work out how we manage it um I've, look, i as you know i've got a young baby rosie so it's not advisable to be out of their house be in their house and all i can do is work out how i can keep their spirits up from afar look after my mom and anything else that they need mm-hmm. But at work, it's a similar story. I think there's a helplessness for people within industry and a real desire to help. I'm working with an organisation called IPSE, the Institute of Professional and Self-Employed, where I'm spending half my time. And we're looking to make sure that the the self-employed are not left behind in the support provided by the government. Working with a Mm. director of policy, Andy Chamberlain, and team to amplify that work. And there's been some great successes Last week, when the Chancellor came good for a lot, not all, but a lot of uh, five million self-employed, um, right. we we managed to put a lot of uh, effort into that. He thanked IPSE for work that was being done. And uh, and I think it's a generally a very good package. Um, I'm also offering my services via Moreno for free to mm-hmm. clients or friends right. or anyone that needs it, where... We can help work out what to do within a crisis. I'm working with a team of marketing directors, uh, data strategists, a performance marketing director, a Marcom's director. So, a collaboration to see how we can help because. You've got to be innovative and, and do some good. So that sentiment rings absolutely true.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Chris, as, as you're talking there, it's making me think of my aunt and family, other family members and friends who are in the healthcare industry. My aunt's a nurse and, you know, putting, she's on the, definitely on the front line of, of looking after people out there. And so definitely have empathy and um, do what we do at times feels a bit um, superficial, but I think in the current climate, there's a lot of anxiety, a lot of fear and a scarcity mindset. And rightly so, as many listeners out there will have been impacted or know someone who's been laid off or someone who's been taken ill. And I don't want to at all minimize that. Yeah, I think this has been a good time for me to reflect on my mission. And on our last short show, episode 29, we talked about personal branding, and that was actually a great energy boost. Uh, my consulting work is hyper-focused on building people, growing capabilities, and the mindsets and the skills to help marketers be their best self. But clearly, that can actually impact and add value to other disciplines beyond marketing. And so I'm actually supporting projects that impact the sales organizations and working with people in that space. And I'm leading another project that is about building community, and it's designed to drive top and bottom line business impact through culture, through innovation, through improved ways of working. And I say all this not to brag, but to simply lean into that growth mindset that we've repeated here endlessly. We've got to learn from these setbacks and the challenges and seeing that hard work and effort and learning new skills and and persistence. And what's the next step that we can take? And that mindset for me is what's keeping me going.
1: Yeah well said well said and look you know i know it's been a bit of a longer episode here but but lots to cover and uh incredibly valuable uh stuff there and some sort of reflections on some some great uh positivity across across the globe to be honest so three
0: key takeouts from you sam yeah the first one is really embrace radical transparency. Radical transparency, the current news is dire, yet leaders must lead with empathy, hit the right tone. Just keep it simple, be honest, be open, show the data, and be accurate with facts. Secondly, we can be the solution. We can all be philanthropists. Don't give to get. Simply right now, ask yourself, who needs something that I can provide, whatever that is, personally or professionally. And thirdly, listen to feedback and course correct. People will forgive if you make mistakes, as long as you own up to them and rectify them quickly. Great summary, Sam. Uh, I'm just going to Wrap up very quickly next
1: week. Episode thirty: Marketing in Uncertain Times. The power of communication. Bit of a part two in a way. What CMOs Mm -hmm. are asking themselves, our take on solution tools and approaches to face these challenges and confer what seems like
0: chaos into opportunity. It's gonna be a good show, Sam. Absolutely, Chris. I think we're definitely even more inspired and energized in the current climate than we were before. So until next week, Chris. Have a great week across the pond.
1: Well, that's it for this week's show. We hope you enjoyed it. Find more by visiting marketingtransformed.com and click on the subscribe link. If you listen via Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud or anything else, then click on follow, subscribe or type Marketing transformed" into search. We're a new show, so please leave us a review, comment or ask a question. We'd love to hear from you. Get in touch at Show at gmail.com.